Hey, it's Pat. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. In case you're not familiar with me, I've been helping people retire for over 20 years now, author of the book Save Your Retirement, and host of the Save Your Retirement radio show. Our goal with this show is to provide you with valuable and timely information to help you plan your retirement, or if you're already retired, help you make the most of it. Ultimately, we want to help you use your money to accomplish your goals and dreams and to help you avoid any stress and fear with your finances and instead replace those with confidence and peace of mind. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. Also, if you'd like to give us a great rating, it would mean so much to us and it helps get the word out so we can share this valuable information with others. Thank you so much. And now here's this week's episode. This radio show is a paid placement. You've read his books. You see him on television. You follow him on social media. And you can listen to him talk about life and retirement right here, right now. He is Pat Struby, and this is Save Your Retirement, presented by Preservation Specialists. Here we are again. We are at the start of another new year, and we have the opportunity to get ahead of our financial strategy here in 2023 there are several deadlines we want you to remember throughout the year. We're going to hit the highlights here on the show today so you can mark your calendars for key retirement dates to remember for this year, 2023. Thanks so much for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak. So happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And Pat, I don't know if you love calendars as much as I do. I know you're a planner, I know, but, but I love calendars. I really do. Oh, my goodness. Well, I do love calendars, Jen. I am a planner, although I am going to, you know, let's see if we're in agreement here, if okay. we're going to, you know, come to blows. But I have at one point converted my calendars over from paper to digital. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that they sync and I can access yes. them from my phone and my tablet and my computer and all those kinds of things. My wife, my beautiful, wonderful wife, we will occasionally go out for a dinner date and we'll say, hey, let's coordinate our calendars. And I have my little phone and she has this, you know, six pound booklet <laughs> that she lugs into Bonefish or somewhere, you know, and uh, I just find it thoroughly entertaining. Yeah. And um, so it's, you know, I tease her because I, you know, just to show her how much I love her. But yeah, that's, that's we, all, we each have our own way of handling our calendars. Well, right? I have both of those okay. types of things because I love, like, I have a kitchen like wall calendar and it's got it'll have like a beautiful picture of like pomegranates or like brussels sprouts or something it's got all these like beautiful like vegetables and fruits and stuff i always have a kitchen one i have a coffee one that's always got a pretty like coffee drink and then i've got a wine one and i love these calendars oh my that's goodness. what i do every year so i have like a wall calendar i have like my little like book calendar the way janelle does but then i'm digital too but for me, there's something about writing it also that helps me remember it better without yeah. needing the prompt from my phone. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I do all of them, but I mm. love calendars. So it is very exciting to me when, when I hear, hey, it's time to go through and update our calendar and write some things down that we, we want to make sure that we're doing. So for those of our listeners who are also excited about calendars, today's show. Today. Today is, is your you. day. That's right. Today <laughs> is your day. So here's what we're going to do. I've got some different calendar dates that we want to go through. These are retirement related. First up, you look at January 1st through March 31st. So pretty much the first quarter. That is Medicare Advantage open enrollment period. And this is also for Medicare Part A, Part B general enrollment period. So first up here at the start of the year, Pat, we're talking about Medicare in this first quarter. Yeah, and um, for those that have reached 65 or are close to it and they start getting bombarded with phone calls and postcards, that they know the drill with these timelines. And we're just thankful that you know, we found our resident Medicare expert, Tim Hanbury. He's been an awesome resource for us. And um, you know, anytime anyone needs information, you know how to reach him, you can always contact our office and, and we'll make sure that, that he reaches out to you. Okay, very good. Okay, so that is roughly the first quarter. Medicare is what we're talking about there. Moving on, and of course it would be April 1st. Of course it would be, <laughs> which is the deadline for your first required minimum distribution. Now explain this, Pat, because as I understand it, this is for people who turned 72 in 2022. That's what this April 1st, 2023 deadline, that's who that applies to, right? 
Yes, so let's pause here. Okay. So RMDs, <laughs> required minimum distributions, this is a very confusing topic. What we're going to talk about right now is one of the more confusing parts to it. And in the last few years, they've changed the regulations to make this more confusing. And guess what? <laughs> They're talking about making it more confusing again. So, so hang on, folks. Okay, so the way the rules used to stand is from the time you were born until you turned 70 and a half, which is insane, but I assume two people were arguing over 70 and 71, um, <laughs> you controlled whether you took money out of your IRAs and 401ks. Once you turned 70 and a half, then you had to start taking something out. That was called your required minimum distribution. They have changed that now to age 72. So the okay. year you turn 72 is the year that is triggered. So to your point, Jen, you're exactly right. If you turn 72 in 2022, that was supposed to be the first year of your required minimum distributions. So that gives us kind of a foundational starting point. Now, yes. why on earth are we talking about it right. for our 2023 calendar year, right? Right, right, right? Well, believe it or not, the IRS did something kind of nice and they said, hey, we know this is weird and new. Um, so we're going to actually give you until April 1st of the following year to take your very first required minimum distribution. Okay. Now, that's very kind of them. However, but that's only the first year, uh -huh. okay? okay? So if you say, hey, I'm going to skip it when I turn 72, that means when you, you need to take it by April 1st of the following year, but you still have to take your required distribution mm. for that year in the same calendar year. Does that make so sense? That so that makes two in that one makes calendar two. year. Exactly. So this is one of those things, Jen, that uh, we have clients we've worked with for a long time. They're taking required distributions. There is some confusion. There can be chaos. And I, I just one of the things I always <laughs> say is I can't imagine a do-it-yourself investor handling these themselves because right. these are just most people, if you've saved for retirement and if you're living off of a nest egg, you've got more than one IRA. So if you have two, three, four, five, if you're mm -hmm. married, for example, and making sure you're handling all of those properly, that's one of the big things that we handle for our clients, making sure those are being done at the right speed, making sure that you're withholding the right amount of taxes from those, making sure they're coming out in a, in a time frame when you can use it. You know, you may want to take some out monthly to mm -hmm. live off of it, or you may not want to do that. You may want to let it sit and accumulate interest and pay it out at the end of the year. So okay. yeah, I wanted to make sure I stopped there because Ooh. how yeah. you handle those required distributions is really important. Right. And this is why we talk all the time about getting some help with this, getting somebody who can help guide you through some of this because with required minimum distributions, if we don't follow the rules, there are some penalties that apply. We're not playing around with this here. So this is why it's important that we not only understand the rules, but we follow them because terms and penalties do apply. To put a little, <laughs> little disclosure on Very there, Very nice. Right? <laughs> I think anytime you're dealing with the IRS, it's probably good Holy to moly. put that on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, here's another one that I want to talk about here. Tax day, which is actually, I believe, April 17th is, or I'm sorry, April 18th is tax day in 2023. So I looked this up. It is because April 15th, falls on a Saturday and then there is a holiday in Washington mm. DC it's emancipation day which is actually April 18th or April 17th so that pushes it to Tuesday April 18th so everyone I'm sorry I'm giving all these dates in the middle of April <laughs> middle of April is tax day but Pat the thing that you want us to know as retirees is that we actually want to think about this not just in terms of tax day we need to think beyond that when it comes to retirement right yeah, absolutely. And by the way, when you talk about tax day, I remember the good old days when it was like just April 15th. And it seems like yeah. it never is anymore, you know? And no, it never anything is. that happens, the politicians say, oh, we'll push it back a week or whatever. But anyway. Yeah, stop doing uh, that. Yeah. Oh my yes. Right. So April, April 18th this year. And this is just something that we believe is so important. Uh, if you think back, you know, kind of a quick summary of, you know, something we could we could do an entire show on, which is if you go back a generation or two, retirement was completely different. And if you think about your parents or grandparents, depending on how, how old you are listening to this right now, I'm talking about someone who worked for the same company their whole life, and they retired with a pension and with Social Security, and they didn't have to worry about a nest egg. They didn't have to worry about 401ks or IRAs or anything like that. Well, now we do. And so the reason we want to talk about tax day and taxes in retirement is because most of the plans that are out there are deferring those taxes like a 401k or an IRA. 
And, you know, guess what? We think that every tax expert out there believes that tax rates will never be as low as they are right now. Let's say you're in a 22% bracket right now. You might be in a 32% bracket when you retire. Mm -hmm. So why on earth would we be delaying those taxes? So and I'm not saying don't put money in your 401k or anything like that. What we are saying is we want to actually sit down and proactively you know, strategize your taxes now and right. in retirement. And the main thing is, it's not that we're saying you can completely eliminate income taxes, <laughs> but what mm-hmm. we are saying is you can take a great deal of control over income taxes as you plan for and then go into retirement. And there are ways to potentially save an enormous amount of taxes by doing wow. that. So, so we really think that's very, very important to be talking about. And let me just give the phone number here, a way to reach Pat Struby and his advisors and the team at Preservation Specialists, 803-9-RETIRE. If you do have questions, we've talked about some kind of complicated things as it relates to required minimum distributions and then what we need to know about taxes. For example, 803-9-RETIRE is the number to call to reach the team at Preservation Specialists. Again, that's 803 803- nine retire pat i want to talk real quickly Uh, we've talked a lot about calendar stuff there are some things that we cannot put on the calendar though that we still need to try to plan for Mm. things like a market drop for example we do not know if and when that will happen throughout the next calendar year 2023 but how do we plan for this when we can't really put it on the calendar and know when it's coming Yeah, that's one of those things, Jen, when you're thinking about, you know, the upcoming year, there will be things that happen that are out of our control and that we cannot predict. And as much as uh, we would love to be able to, you know, have a crystal ball and figure out when the market's going to crash or when interest rates are going to stop going up or when inflation is going to finally, you know, be back under control, we like to be educated on those ideas and have an idea where things are going. But the reality is no one knows. And so the main thing is the best way to protect yourself is to have a plan and to work the plan. And that's one of the things that we always want to make sure we're doing uh, for our clients is helping them not only make sure they're on the path to accomplish the retirement that they've always wanted, but give them as much confidence and peace of mind that they are doing that. Because not only do we want you to enjoy your retirement, but we want you to to sleep better and we want you to not have to worry about money all the time. And Mm -hmm. so those are some of the biggest benefits we think of working with uh, a retirement planning team like the team we have here. And if you don't have a plan like that, or if you want to get a second opinion on an existing plan, we offer a review at absolutely no cost and no obligation to listeners of the show. To get started with that, you just have to call us at 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, no cost and no obligation for listeners today. Call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. That number one more time, 803-9-RETIRE. We'll get some more insights from Pat on the other side of the break. Stay with us. We'll be back. Hi, this is John Farley. Now, let me ask you, is your retirement inflation-proofed? Here's what I mean. In retirement, chances are you're on a fixed income with variable expenses. So how do you not run out of money when the cost of just about everything continues to go up? You inflation-proof it. Our team at Preservation Specialists can show you strategies to help combat inflation so it doesn't outpace your retirement income. Call us today at 803-9-RETIRE to learn more. Inflation could take a huge chunk out of your retirement savings, but it doesn't have to. With some simple planning, inflation can go from being a major disruption to just a minor annoyance. Call the team at 803-9-RETIRE now to start inflation-proofing your retirement today. 803-9-RETIRE. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Arcadios Wealth. Preservation specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership. Happy New Year. If retirement is on your calendar for 2023, let the team at Preservation Specialists help with their five-step retirement review. Call them at 803-9-RETIRE. That's 803-973-8473. 
Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the author of the books, Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And we're going to be talking right now about another book, actually. There are millions of articles online about investing, tax planning, budgeting, everything you can think of when it comes to preparing for retirement. And there are all these important facts to know. And when it comes to your financial future, knowledge is power. But, Pat, there is more to financial success than book smarts. There's there's actually a psychology of money. Oh, yeah. And I think that, you know, I definitely have, you know, that analytical brain So when I was in college and learning about finance and investing and taxes and all those things, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be a financial planner, and then I'm going to analyze things with spreadsheets, and Mm -hmm. then that's what everyone will do. And I quickly learned that human beings, I'm actually kind of a weirdo, and most normal human beings don't think the way I do. And yeah, I mean, handling money is incredibly emotional, and the psychology is incredible. And that goes with, you know, whether you use cash versus a credit card, um, you know, investing in the stock market, of course, the emotions of that, the roller coaster. I mean, we can go on and on and on. There's so many ways where the psychology of money affects us, and it's a really important topic. Right. It's all about behavior. And, you know, before we get into this um, audio from Morgan Housel that we have, Pat, I think pretty much any parent understands what can happen where you plan something out on paper and then you get your children involved and then what actually happens and how this actually unfolds. I mean, we we see this all the time in our own households, but it plays out with adults and their money yes. as well, right? It does. And, you know, as being, you know, I've been a financial planner my whole adult life. So, you know, my kids, it's not easy on them because I'm trying to teach them mm. lessons about money all the time, you know. And I, I, who knows if any of that will stick or not, but it's it's worth, <laughs> worth a right. try at least cause, because we all need it. Is, yeah. That's the bottom line. Exactly. Well, and we can all just – I think we've all been there where you plan out a thing and then – a four-year-old shows up and they have their own ideas for how they're going to make all this work. And and so, you know, that happens with kids. But gosh, we, we have all these emotions and all these behavioral things about our money, too. So Morgan Housel is a partner at Collaborative Fund. He is a former columnist at The Motley Fool and The Wall Street Journal. And he's the author of this book called The Psychology of Money. And he, he has a lot of really interesting things to say here, but he says there's more to financial success than just what you know about the world of money and the world of finance. But I think there's so much evidence that what matters in investing is not about what you know. It's not about how smart you are. It's not about where you went to school. It's just how you behave. It's about your relationship with greed and fear, your ability to take a long-term mindset who you trust, how gullible you are, who you seek your information from, that's what actually matters. That's what moves the needle. And we tend to ignore that because it is not analytical. Right? I I think that is so interesting, especially when Mm. he talks about how gullible you are, what do you believe? I mean, my gosh, there's, there's a lot that can factor into how we behave about our money. Yeah, and I think... So much he says there is just right on the money. And I think the the example that I I think of that's fairly recent would be Bitcoin. Mm. And when you think of we all are affected in one way or another by either fear or greed or both, right? It depends on our personality. But I will say that I am generally not affected by the greed side of I have to get more return than everyone else or so-and-so told me they made this. I want to make one more percentage points or anything. I'm a very low key. My company's name is preservation specialist. We want to preserve your money and kind of, you know, the tortoise beats the hair kind of a thing. But even my insides, my gut reaction when, you know, someone tells me, Oh, I tripled my money in a week in Bitcoin. And I started thinking my, my immediate thought is that's crazy. You can't trust something like that. But then the more times you start to hear it, you start thinking, well, maybe, maybe I should kind of check that out, you know, that kind of a thing. And that's where, that's where, having a outside person to bounce ideas off of can be just unbelievably valuable because you know history has story after story after story of smart 
analytical people that lose it all mm-hmm. because because they either fall to greed or to fear. And so it, it's and that that'll be till the end of time. Um, so it's just important. We can't fix these things, but we can at least understand them. And then also, you know, if you're working with a professional like us, then you have someone to bounce those things off of and, and to help <laughs> protect us from ourselves. So how do you see people struggle with this or have you seen much of that retirees struggling with those reactions or that mental or that emotional side of their money? Yeah, I mean, we um, part of the structure of, of our entire business, our models, Jen, is based on trying to help protect people in this way. And I think of, you know, in 2000, 2001, when the tech bubble crashed, Thankfully, uh, you know, most of my clients were, were broke 20-somethings like me, so, so if they had any money that, that crashed, it was only you know, a couple right. thousand bucks. Um, 2008, 2009, uh, thankfully, we had a very conservative approach, uh, so we didn't have a lot of losses. Uh, but when COVID hit, uh, the whole idea of the financial house, the whole concept of that, Jen, was really to help people understand if you do have money that's at risk, uh, we have plenty of money in other places, so you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to react. And I was so thrilled to say that we did not have clients calling panicking. Everyone understood either, hey, we've we've taken very little risk, or if we have taken a little more risk, there's a reason for that. And so that's the main thing that we wanted to make sure because we have to protect ourselves from ourselves. And also, if you are retiring or close to it, we all know you can't just count on having all your, the market going up every single year. It's not possible for that to happen. And so no one wants to be retired, have all your money in the market, and then some type of pandemic happens and you have to stop taking income. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that makes no mm-hmm. sense, right? We all know it makes right. no sense. So I think these are the kinds of things that we need to be thinking about. But it means you have to overcome your greed because you might have a balanced portfolio that makes 5 or 6 or 7% when the market's up 10 or 11 and your neighbor's bragging about what they made and you're thinking, well, I wish I made more than this jerk, you know? <laughs> thing. Um, And so that's where the psychology comes in. And I think we have really built something here that has stood the test of time, um, you know, when there's been those kinds of drops. And the bottom line is, we'd love to make, you know, great returns for our clients, but way more important is peace of mind. And so that's what we're we're always trying to build and that we think our clients have really appreciated. And, you know, if you think getting a review and looking at that and looking at your current situation, whether that's something that makes sense for you to make changes now or down the road, it's a great opportunity to take advantage of our five step, no cost, no obligation retirement review. All you have to do to get started is call 803-9-RETIRE. This is a great opportunity to talk with one of our planners about where you stand right now and where you're heading in the future. Again, all you have to do to get started is call 803-9-RETIRE. Talking about the psychology of money today, both as a concept and as a book written by Morgan Housel. And he says, We almost have it backwards, he says, when it comes to how we teach finance. You know, what is most important gets most ignored in this field. And even when we are teaching basic financial skills to people, it's the math equations and how to balance a checkbook, which are are great skills. I'm I'm not demeaning those in the slightest. But there's so much evidence that all that matters, all that matters, that's the right word to use, is just how is your behavior with money. And I say that because you can be the smartest person in the world. You can have a PhD in finance from MIT. But if you lose your head during a market decline, if you panic during a market decline, none of your intelligence matters. What do you think, Pat? Any truth to that? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You know, as a financial planner for a long time, and and I'm a pretty big reader, and also I listen to information, I thought I'd heard all of the tales of, oh, you wouldn't believe how someone lost it all with Mm -hmm. this or that, you know? And I I actually read one recently that um, Isaac Newton is certainly considered one of the smartest people. You know, you would think his intelligence was so sophisticated. Right. And late in life, actually, he fell to one of these bubbles that happened and he took all of his accumulated wealth, which was substantial, and he put it all in at the very peak of one of these bubbles and the whole thing crashed and what? he ended up he ended up broke. Yeah. It's just one of those things where we wow. can't help ourselves. You know, he clearly he had a perfectly good plan and he fell to the greed aspect of it because probably everyone else was saying, Oh, you're an idiot because you're missing out on all this. You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? And so yeah, it's just accurate and it's unfortunate, but that's our nature. Do you think there are other areas where your behavior matters as much or more than your actual intelligence? <laughs> That's a great kind question. Of a big question. Yeah. It is. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, certainly, you know, my expertise lies in the financial realm. Sure. And and I think that that is just the the one that that is the most obvious time and time again is um, how any money that you save 
uh, in whatever you do with it, we all have an, atta- an emotional attachment mm-hmm. to that money. And I think of, you know, if someone has, uh, I was just meeting with a client recently and they had uh, one account that was specifically their growth account and it had grown and grown and grown and the market had come back a lot over the course of a week. And they immediately pointed to, well, this is the number it was at its, its highest value because that's what we all lock in in our brain, right? Mm-hmm. So that's all my money. That should never go down, you know? Right. And so we all have these different, you know, triggers that we cling to. But the reality is, of course, if you've got a growth account in the market, it can't always go straight up. And so just understanding those things and reminding ourselves of those things are really important. Once again, that's the value of having an advisor uh, right alongside you and helping you through that process. If you don't have someone right now, or if you're not sure that the person you have is the right one for the time of life you're in right now, Call us at 803-9-RETIRE. You can meet with one of our planners at absolutely no cost and no obligation for our five-step retirement review. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE. It's as if the entire world of finance is putting the cart before the horse when it comes to how we learn about financial concepts and how we implement them in the real world. We talk a lot about financial knowledge and know-how, but today we're learning there's a psychology of money. Save Your Retirement continues in just a moment. Stay with us. You've heard Pat on radio. Now you can see him on television. Tune in Sunday mornings during the 7 o'clock news on WIS-TV, Columbia's NBC Channel 10. Who will help you get there? Wherever you want to go in retirement, Pat Struby and the team at Preservation Specialists can help you get there. You do the dreaming, they do the planning. Tailored to your specific needs and goals. Or they can offer you a second opinion on a plan you may already have. Call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a visit with Pat and the team at Preservation Specialists right now. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through Arcadios Capital, member FINRA SIPC. Have a question for Pat? Here's an easy new way to ask. Click on the radio tab at retirewithpat.com and record your question directly on the website. That's retirewithpat.com and click on radio. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak. Happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And it's as if the entire world of finances is putting the cart before the horse when it comes to how we learn about financial concepts and how we implement them in the real world. That's what we're talking about today. We talk a lot about financial knowledge and financial know-how and all these facts we need to know about taxes and social security. But today we're learning that there is a psychology of money. And we've been sharing some clips from Morgan Housel, who he is an author, a financial author. He wrote the book, The Psychology of Money. If you get caught up in uh, the excitement of a bubble, none of your intelligence, none of your academic credentials, none of the fact that you know the formulas, none of that matters. If you're going to lose your cool, when it matters most. That's why the behavior is not just an important part, it's really the base of the pyramid. And until you've checked that box of figuring out your own financial psychology, none of the analytical skills matter until then. So Pat, we kind of talked about this a little bit in the previous segment as well, but I just think it's important that we understand we can know so much about the world of finance, but if we lose our cool (laughs) when it comes to (laughs) the markets or anything going haywire, none of that matters, right? That's exactly right, because you can undo so much hard work with a couple of bad decisions. Yes. You know, whether, whether you decide to, you know, if your planner tells you we need to diversify and you have a nice diversified plan, and then you want to chase the ones that have the best return or put everything into one thing and then, you know, you time it poorly. I mean, on and on and on, there's so many horror stories of things that can happen. One example that this reminds me of, Jen, is back in 2008, 2009, there was the housing crisis. Uh, the mortgage crisis and then you know the stock market crashed about in half. I mean, this was a really mm-hmm. horrendous you know financial scenario. And I remember clients just kind of wondering, like, is this the end of the economic world? And financial advisors saying, what's going on? And someone told me at that time, if you think about you know right before that happened, they were kind of letting anyone have as big of a mortgage as they wanted, right? Right. And then after all that happened, they had to completely change that, and then it became almost impossible to get a mortgage. Yeah. And I was talking to someone, or I was reading something. And they, they mentioned something very powerful, which was they said most things in economics are like the pendulum on a grandfather clock. 
and it's usually it's swinging from one direction to the other. It's very rarely right in the middle where it should be. And so what happens is leading up to 2007, 2008, everything is going fine. So the banks are thinking, well, we'll just keep letting more and more people borrow. It's working, it's working, it's working. Mm-hmm. It goes completely to an extreme until there's this panic. And then it whips back the other direction and to the point where they won't let anyone borrow money for right. any reason at right. all. And my point to all of that is when you know Morgan's talking about you need to be able to think properly in a bubble, my point is that it's very rare that we're in just kind of a standard economy where everything is right where it should be. You know, we live in an imperfect world, and so things are going to be imperfect all the time. Uh, so is the stock market too high right now? Uh, we don't know. It certainly seems very high to me. Is inflation, you know, is it out of control? Uh, we don't know yet. I mean, mm-hmm. these are kinds of things that, you know, with any type of market, any type of economy, we just don't know. And so that's why uh, having a plan and, and understanding the fundamentals. And, and again, this is one of the things that many studies have shown the value of having a financial professional you're working with to kind of tighten the reins and help you stay on track on your plan can be so valuable. Well, I know, Pat, so many times we talk about the the stock market and that kind of thing, but I, I do want to talk about the housing market for just a second, because you mentioned that as you know what went on with the mortgage crisis and the housing bubble. We actually, that was when my husband and I were buying our first home, and mm. I had a job, and my salary was going to be like $25,000 a year, okay? Great. He didn't have a job yet. <laughs> we qualified for like a half a million dollar mortgage. Oh, wow. And I remember looking at him like, what on earth? What would we do? (laughs) I mean, how would we ever pay this back? But it was such a crazy time. You're right. And then it made the swing back the other way. But we were so excited to have a house. Like We could have made a very bad decision there. We could have assumed that we would be better off in a shorter amount of time than what we actually were. We could have reacted in so many different ways. Thankfully, we stuck with something more in our price range. And then you look at what happened with the housing market, Pat, after the pandemic. And you have all of these people like panic selling, panic buying. My sister was trying to buy a home. She had to buy it like sight unseen, could only think about it for like an hour before she made an offer. It's easy to lose your cool (laughs) with some of these things when things are really frantic. I know that's talking about the housing market, but similar things happen with the stock market, too, where we just start reacting so fast. We do. And that's a great example of a situation where you and your husband could have made a life-altering decision yeah. if you decided to max out that mortgage. And who knows if you would have ended up you know, having to declare bankruptcy or the worst-case scenarios that could come of that. I mean, that could devastate you financially for a long time. So any of these situations, you know, we all have financial opportunities, good or bad, that happen to us throughout our lives. And how do we react to those? And the reality is, you know, the most robotic of us uh, of all, which I'm on that side, still have emotions involved <laughs> and still happens. And, and there's, you know, it brings to mind in our first meetings with someone getting to know them. One of the topics that comes up is, you know, where you're at financially. And sometimes it brings up, you know, maybe something they have that they regret or, you know, it was a bad investment or something like that. And the most common reaction to that, Jen, is just embarrassment. And I always say, please understand that no one would ever expect you to make all perfect financial decisions in your life. It's just a crazy level to put yourself on to expect that. I've been a financial professional my entire adult life and I've made bad financial decisions. You know, it's just, it's reality. And so we we can't put ourselves on this expectation of absolute perfection at all time. What we have to understand is we're humans and we need to try to do the best we can to understand the facts and to make the best educated decision we can. But, you know, what I love about going through, you know, some of Morgan Housel's information is it helps to just understand the psychology and how we think about things. And once again, I do think it just ties back in the value of working with a professional that can help you either identify those blind spots we might have or to actually protect you from yourself in a worst case scenario like a housing or a stock market crash. And so that's the reason we always encourage our listeners, if you're not working with a professional or or you if you are working with someone but it's not a close relationship, you're not getting good communication there, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. It's the reason we offer our five-step retirement review at absolutely no cost and no obligation. It's simply a chance to talk with one of our retirement planners, see where you're at today, and see if there's ways that you can improve on your path into the future. Once again, all you have to do is call 803-9-RETIRE. 
talking today with Pat Struby. He is with Preservation Specialists. And we have one last lesson here on our behavior and finances. Morgan Housel is the author of the book, The Psychology of Money. We've been talking a little bit about his book and hearing from him today. And I, I really enjoy this one, Pat. He says one of his first jobs was as a valet at a fancy hotel in LA. Mm. And he learned a lot, he said, from being around a lot of very wealthy people all of the time. I think what was really interesting to me was getting to know some of these people who were driving Ferraris and Rolls Royces. Some of them actually were not even that wealthy. They were like mediocre, successful people who spent half their income on a, on a car lease payment. And that to me was really astounding because that just blew apart all of the impressions my first impressions that I had of these people. So that was a really formative experience that taught me a lot about the psychology of money. That's interesting too, because you have those people, Pat, who have that appearance of wealth, and then you have those people who who don't have that appearance, but who potentially have a lot more than we realize. And that's another <laughs> another one of these areas with how we act about money and how important is it to show that we have it or not. Yeah, it's a great opposites that you just gave there. And I think that it does remind me, you know, I was I was raised in a household, you know, my, my grandparents were all farmers in southern Indiana. And my grandpa was in the army for a long time. Hmm. And it was all about, you know, just those traditional financial ideas of don't borrow what you can't afford, pay cash whenever you can pay off your debts as fast as you can just those kind of basic things that that's certainly not something that people talk about very much anymore. Right. So my assumption was if someone has something, they can afford it. And that, that was something I learned in this field. And someone said something to me about somebody who I didn't know very well. And they said, how on earth can they afford all that? And my answer was, they may not be able to, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and that's the, that's the reality of that. And boy, you, you kind of swung it to the other direction there, Jen, the point of sometimes people have a lot and you have no idea. And there was actually a huge best-selling book many years ago called The Millionaire Next Door. And, you know, certainly some of our clients are millionaires, some are not, but um, a lot of them have that mentality, you know, where, mm -hmm. where sometimes people who are younger and they hear of someone being a millionaire and they think, how could anyone ever accumulate that? Well, there's people with very boring, very simple jobs, you know, <laughs> teachers, nurses, right. plumbers, whatever. But if you just start saving when you're younger and the, the, the power of compound interest works, you know, and of course you're not spending it all, you're right. actually socking some away. And so it's, it really is, uh, those are valuable lessons uh, for all of us as far as how, do we, how to handle our money. Right. And, and I think this kind of ties into another financial behavior that we sometimes see the fear of missing out. We have this fear of missing out. We see people posting something on Instagram and they have this wealth and I'm missing out on that. Or, or you talked earlier about some of the investments people talk about. What mm. happens if we are driven by that fear of missing out and we let that drive our decisions? This reminds me, Jen, of something our advisor team, you know, there's five of us here, something we talk about all the time as we meet with our clients and work with them and guide them. And that is, there's probably some perfect balance uh, in our lives of enjoying today as much as we can, but also preparing for the future. Mm -hmm. And there's some type of like absolute perfect like ratio that we can do that with. And no one's even close to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like we have, depending on yeah. how we were raised and what's happened in our lives, most of us uh, fall so far away from that, either to the extreme of, I can't miss out right now and I want to spend and do everything right now and who knows if I'll be around tomorrow versus the person that has so much angst and stress over spending anything and they want to accumulate and pile all of it up. And it's just that that psychology alone is absolutely fascinating. And we want to always try and help our clients bring them back towards the middle. So if they tend to spend way too much, we need to help save them from themselves and, and make sure they have money in case they uh, live longer than they expect to. And if they're not enjoying it, we're just here to point out the facts that, hey, you could take more income every month and enjoy your money. I mean, and think about what it's for. And if you don't want to spend it, then do you have a church or a charity you want to give it to? It can do good. You know, it doesn't have to just sit and accumulate over time. And so those are the kinds of conversations that, that are not just the, the nuts and bolts and analytical that are a little more real life and, and you know, a little bit about those, the fear of missing out and the emotions. And that can be incredibly valuable. And if you'd like to have that type of valuable conversation with one of our planners, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. We always offer the listeners of our show a five-step retirement review at absolutely no cost and no obligation. Take advantage while our planners still have slots on their calendar by calling 803-9-RETIRE. 
We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert, Tim Hanbury. If you watch TV this fall, I'm sure you'll remember all the Medicare ads with our aging sports stars and celebrities. While I'm a fan of the stars, I'm not a fan of the ads. The reason is that they put the emphasis in the wrong place. Having additional benefits like dental and vision coverage is fine, but they leave out the details. Details like, does your doctor participate with the plans they're promoting? Are your medications covered and at what costs? These are the most important considerations when choosing an Advantage plan. Unfortunately, many people end up in the wrong plan and only find out when they first see their doctor or fill a prescription. Does this mean you're stuck in the wrong plan for the entire year? Medicare has what's called a Medicare Advantage open enrollment period. Between January 1st until the end of March, you can make a one-time only change to a different Advantage plan. During this time, you can move to a plan which better fits your needs. If you need to discuss this option, please give me a call and I'd be happy to explain how it works. Visit Tim's website, MedicareBlueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book. Or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation. You can schedule a free 15-minute phone consultation with the team at Preservation Specialists right now. Call 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. There are so many big decisions that you have to weigh as you head into retirement, and we like to take one of those big decisions and really dive into the pros and cons. We call this our retirement yay or nay segment here on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. And Pat, this week's topic is, I think, an interesting one, weighing whether to leave an inheritance or not. What do you think of that? I love it. I absolutely love it because I've seen, you know, the thinking on this change so much, yeah. Jen, over my career. And of course, you know, it changes wildly from family to family. So I, I think this is an awesome topic to dig into. I know. And it really has changed quite a bit. This is not Downton Abbey anymore for all of us, where you have like this massive inheritance. You know, you, you're you a fan of Downton Abbey. Maybe oh, not. yeah. Yeah. Every night. <laughs> so oh, yeah. your thing. <laughs> so your thing. Well, we're going to get, you know, kind of British or I guess Scottish here for a moment, quite distasteful is how Daniel Craig <laughs> would describe the idea of leaving his children a massive inheritance. And we're seeing this from a lot of celebrities, right? So Daniel Craig, as you know and love, is an actor who did play James Bond. And his quote is, isn't there an old adage that if you die a rich person, you failed? And he says, mm. get rid of it or give it away before you go, is his philosophy. And so just, again, picture his lovely accent. Hear that in your mind <laughs> as we're talking about this. Bill Gates, not the same accent at all, um, has made philanthropy his mission for many years now. He said it's not a favor to kids to give them huge sums of wealth. So that's kind of an interesting one. Gene Simmons of KISS says he grew up poor and wants to pass down a serious appreciation of money to his children. He doesn't want to leave them broke but he doesn't want them to become rich off of his money. So some interesting examples from the rich and famous, but we might be starting to see this with some of our, our more average citizens as well, right? Yeah, and by the way, before we touch on the financial angle, if we go back through that list, Daniel Craig, Bill Gates, and Gene Simmons, what a fabulous dinner party that would be, right? Uh, wouldn't it be Let's fun? Let's yeah. just bring them together and have them chat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I think, you know, Warren Buffett, uh, who's probably the most famous investor of all uh -huh. time, he had said something that really struck me once. He said, uh, when he was talking about giving away the vast majority of his enormous fortune, he said, I I'm going to leave my children enough money so they can do anything, but I will not give them enough money so they can do nothing. Mm. And I thought that was such a cool hmm. quote. Uh, and it really gets you to thinking most of the families that build a tremendous amount of wealth, there's a very consistent theme, and this happens with small businesses to the first generation that creates it, of course, builds up significant wealth. A lot of times they don't spend a lot. The second generation usually maintains it, and that's because they were around and they actually saw the hard work it took mm -hmm. to build the business and the wealth, and then the third generation usually fritters it away because right. they weren't around to see the hard work. So I, I think it really is a fascinating topic to think about 
you know, we have a lot of clients that do not consider themselves rich. But, you know, if we're doing a pretty good job with their investments and they're enjoying their retirement but not spending wildly, because of the fact that we don't know how long we're going to live, it's quite possible, uh, because it's very hard to spend your last dollar on your last day, it's quite possible that the kids may inherit a debt-free home. They may inherit a nest egg of three hundred, five hundred thousand, a mm-hmm. million dollars, $2 million. And is that what you want? Do you want them to have all of that? Uh, do you want to give some of that to charity? Do you want to do things with that money while you're still alive? I think those are really powerful questions and thought-provoking questions to be talking about. So let's do this. Let's start going through the yay and the nay here. Um, Let's start with the yay. So for those who do want to leave an inheritance to their heirs, Pat, and, you know, we're talking about some of these celebrity examples where we're talking about a massive fortune. To your point, it might not necessarily be a massive fortune, but something that you want to set aside or leave to your heirs. What are some things to think about if that's the kind of way that you're leaning Yeah. So, and by the way, Jen, you know, in our first meeting with anyone, one of the things we want to focus on more than anything else is what are your primary goals? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there's no way to do any kind of financial planning until we know what you're trying to accomplish, of course. course. And so this is one of the things we talk about. And, you know, leaving the biggest pile of money possible to heirs is not usually number one. (laughs) You know, most people would like to enjoy themselves a little, you know. So the first thing I would say is if you are really eager to leave an inheritance to your heirs, the first thing we want to do is we want to consider your income needs, of course, in retirement. And one of the things we, you know, we'll talk about with our clients is our job, first and foremost, is to make sure the worst case scenario never happens. And for most people, the worst case scenario would be being elderly and being broke, Mm -hmm. right? So we we need to make absolutely sure that you don't outlast your money. And so the very first thing we need to think about, how do we make sure your income is covered? The second thing uh, we need to do is we need to plan for your healthcare costs. Obviously, you know, you and I talk all the time about, you know, the different projections of how much we'll spend in healthcare and those costs are always going up. So we just need to be thoughtful about that. Once we've covered those two basics, then we can start thinking about a little more about the planning of the inheritance. And so the next stage, I would say, is understanding the tax implications of what you're leaving behind. Um, You know, different types of accounts are taxed in different ways, but those laws are changing too. So it used to be you could leave a uh, retirement account like an IRA to your kids and they could stretch out the taxes over the life over their lifetime. You can't do that now. They have to take it over 10 years. And guess what they might do later? They might make that five years. They might make it three years or two years, right? Because they can change those rules whenever they want to. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you were going to leave something to church or charity, the church or charity doesn't have to pay taxes on that retirement account. So those are little things that we can do in planning to really try and stretch your money and make a bigger impact on those that you want to give to. And that Mm -hmm. leads me to my last thought on the yays, Jen, which is just kind of the planning. There's all kinds of things um, that we can do from a planning perspective to help you make the most of what you leave behind. There's gifting rules of how much you can give to someone each year. There's use of legal tools like trusts that could be beneficial. And then kind of balancing things like your retirement accounts, like any life insurance that you have, just understanding how those will be passed along and also the downsides and pluses of tax-wise of each of those types of tools. So a lot of things to think about there if you are on the yay side. If you're on the nay side, you don't plan to leave an inheritance for your heirs for whatever reason. Let's talk about what we need to think about there. I mean, does that simplify the process? Do we not have to worry as much about planning? Or what are some things to think about if you don't plan to leave anything to that next generation? Yeah, and I I think the interesting thing about this, Jen, is we have to stop and think about why this is so complicated. And the reason is we don't know how long we're going to live. Yeah, that's true. So how do you not leave anything behind when your first goal is to make sure you're still going to be okay? And uh, I don't think I've ever told you this, but when my dad retired very early and when my mom retired, uh, we had a little gathering, a a celebration, and uh, my sister uh, her retirement gift to my mom was a book, which was a bestseller at the time, and it was called Die Broke. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and this book literally talked about how to make the most of your income and spending and giving during your lifetime so that there's not a penny left on the last day, which huh. was not only fascinating to me, but also fascinating that my sister would give it to my parents. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want it, mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So now if you say, hey, I want to make the most of this money for as long as I live, that is something we can plan for. It's just very different planning. Mm -hmm. So we need to really make sure, again, uh, we've got your income protected. So that could be through things like pension and Social Security and annuities with lifetime income guarantees, uh, because you can't just guesstimate when you're going to pass away, because the last thing we want is for you to plan for your money to last to 90, and then you live to 95 or 100. That doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, You need to be thinking about what you do want to have happen with that money if there's anything left. And that can be fun. That can be exciting, right? Thinking about if your church or different charities and other you know nonprofits, and then there's all different kinds of tools of how to do that. And if you've ever dabbled in or gotten very serious about charitable giving, um, nonprofits love to give you information on that. So you might you know get information about something called a donor advised fund is an example um, that's getting more and more use where you can donate your money to it and get a tax deduction now, but the money then actually give the money to the nonprofit later on. So you have a little more control that way. There's charitable trusts. There's charitable annuities. There's so many different things that we can do. Um, naming a charity as a beneficiary on your account. So there's a lot of ways to do that. And once again, both involve planning, just very different types of planning. And it's really good to understand both sides here. And I, I just think it's fascinating, Pat, when we see what's going on with inheritance trends, just how different things are today. For the longest time, it seemed like that was the end goal. You were going to save something and leave it behind. Now you have people living longer. They need to spend more of their wealth. They need it. Healthcare costs are going up. Also, the pandemic caused some people to change their mindset for enjoying life and wanting to spend some of that. Some people are saying, you know what, I'm going to leave this to somebody, but not to my kids. I'm going to leave it to my grandkids. So Mm, (laughs) those Gen Xers who think they're in line for something, it it might not (laughs) be us who gets it. They're leaving it to the grandkids. And Pat, there are people who say, I paid for your college. You know, we took care of this up front. So it's kind of interesting how our mindset is just really different with how we're looking at this now versus maybe what was going on when our grandparents were kids. It's really fascinating to me, Jen. And I, you know, I'm 48 and I went into financial planning right out of college and I started working with retirees, you know, very soon after. And people that were already retired or close to retirement, you know, back in the 90s, or early 2000s, a lot of times they were just trying to accumulate money to leave behind. And our clients now, that's not typically their goal. And I think that it's just First of all, really, really important, anyone that's working with you with your finances is asking you those questions to make sure they're working towards your goals. The last thing you want to do is have someone helping you accomplish something that's not even what you want anyway. Mm, That makes no sense at all. But the other thing is... I think we are seeing, like you say, well, maybe the kids are fine, but I want to help the grandkids with their college. Or another one of the really cool trends I've seen is instead of just having a pile of money left behind where you're not around to see it, maybe paying for a trip for your whole family together and and enjoying those moments and that time together. I think there's so many different ways we can look at this. It really is cool. And, And from my perspective, it kind of comes back to if you're sitting with a retirement planner, you're sitting and thinking about what do I really want? I worked so hard for this money. What do I want it to do for me? And hopefully that's one of those types of areas where spending time with one of our planners can be really helpful. And again, whether or not you plan to leave an inheritance to your loved one, that's entirely up to you, right? There are no wrong answers here. But Pat, if you do want to leave something behind, then having something in place, having that plan in place is really important. And I think that's what we're getting at here today. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't want to leave anything behind, you still need to have a plan in place to make sure the money will last as long as you need it to last. You might not be interested in leaving behind a fortune to your beneficiaries, but I bet you don't want to become a financial burden on your family because you spent down your savings too quickly. If you're listening right now and don't have a retirement income strategy, we invite you to call so we can help you create a spending plan to figure out how much you'll need for the retirement you've been dreaming about. Uncover the main risks posing a threat to your retirement, including inflation, stock market volatility, potential tax increases, and skyrocketing health care costs. Learn about the options for generating income in retirement and learn about how to keep your standard of living in retirement even as costs keep rising. There's no cost, there's no obligation, but it's just for listeners of today's show who have saved at least $250,000 for retirement. Call 803-9-RETIRE and ask for your retirement income analysis. Once again, that number is 803-9-RETIRE. You've been listening to Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. That is all the time we have on the show today. Thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next time for more insights from Pat, and we'll talk to you then. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital, member FINRA and SIPC.
Advisory services offered through Arcadios Wealth. Preservation specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership.